Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube and aren't subscribed to the Diesel Podcast, make sure and click the subscribe button. Also, turn on notifications. Let us know, you know in the comments of the episode whether um, you'd like us to do another one, maybe ask some different questions, if there's a guest that you would like to have on, or just let us know your opinions on the topics, whether we're talking about Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke, emissions, um, trends, really anything that you guys want to know about. Make sure and let us know. We love to see your guys' feedback in the comments section. On today's episode, I've got Charlie from KC Turbos on, and Charlie's going to get us all caught up on their race trucks. They've got a, a couple different ones, and I wanted to ask him about the performance at UCC and then also products that they're working on, different turbo kits for a bunch of different, uh, not just Power Strokes, but Cummins and Duramax as well. So it's going to be a great time to chat with them. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide code. Just use code DIESEL20 at kershaw.kiausa.com. And it's it's awesome that they're offering that. It's just exclusive to you guys. Um, so if you need something for EDC or hunting, fishing, or at work, around the house, they got a ton of choices to meet any budget. I encourage you guys to head on over there and check it out. All right, let's get to today's episode with Charlie from KC Turbos, catching up on their race trucks and also learning more about some new turbo kits that have already hit the market. Charlie, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I always love chatting with you about Casey Turbos, Power Strokes, things that you guys are working on. So I'm glad we're able to connect today and uh, talk about some racing, talk about parts and and Casey Turbos. Yeah, we're super excited. You know, UCC wasn't too long ago. That was a lot of fun. And we're doing our best to push the limits with our new race truck. Broke a couple of records out there at UCC for the 6.0 Power Stroke guys, which is pretty cool. You know, going head to head with Austin Denny, who's also a great racer. Learned a lot from him. It's been been a lot of fun. It's cool. So we set the the record for the fastest six zero power stroke at UCC, and uh, we teamed up with Jesse Warren this year. So it was the two truck rule. Jesse wanted to run the dyno and the uh, sled pull, and we did uh, the drag racing. So that was fun. We had a couple of issues. It's a new truck for us. It was one of the first big events we've been to. Uh, still getting the truck dialed in and learning it. A lot of people don't realize it's not the same truck. We did get a completely different truck. Um, I guess you'd have to know what the other truck was to know why we did that. A lot of people are asking. So uh, Lucky, as we call it, was my original race truck. It's actually just a regular cab, long bed pickup truck that I bought to turn into what people call a street truck. You know, we uh, redid the whole truck, put a Lariat leather interior in it, uh, shortened the frame, painted it. But otherwise, it was basically stock suspension with uh, track bars from OUO. And little by little, we made it faster and faster. And we never planned to go to anything like UCC or compete, but it was a street truck. It was full frame, leaf sprung in the back, stock suspension up front. Um, I remember the last time I drove it as a street truck. It's kind of a funny story. We were making a video and uh, we were going about 65 miles an hour and I was supposed to just blow by the guy filming it. It was Jason Whitlock and Austin Seals. And... Ended up being like a 65 mile an hour rolling burnout that did not go well. Uh, we jumped the median, went into the other side of traffic, spun out, almost crashed. It was very scary. At that point, we just decided having a street truck, 
and a race truck was kind of stupid that it was way too much power, not something you should be doing on the streets. So at that point, the old truck turned into a dedicated race truck. We started uh, removing body panels, putting fiberglass on it and making it, you know, a race truck. But it was always really heavy for being full frame, uh, leaf sprung in the back, uh, no, no four links front or rear. It was stock uh, control arms up front, stock springs up front, stock springs in the rear. So it was, it was heavy. We were still pretty fast, but uh, it, it was very heavy. It was originally designed as like a street truck. So we made the decision last year. We were getting to the point where we we're going to have to back half it, four link it, four link front, four link rear. We'd uh, push the limits of the cage that we had in there. So we were going to have to chop out the old cage, put in a new cage. And I was looking at the truck, just thinking to myself of what it started out as and what we were going to have to do to go even just a little bit faster and, and that time, Trey Donovan, he decided to sell his truck, which was four length, front and rear, back half, lighter than my truck, basically everything we wanted. Uh, so we took the heart and soul out of uh, Lucky and we put it in the new truck and called it Haunter. And UCC was our, our first event that we really went to. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, re I remember paying attention to UCC and looking for videos and the updates and everything. And I kept hearing about you guys and and the the level that you pushed the truck to and, and, and the records. What was... What was that like? Did you expect to do it at UCC or was, were you surprised by, you know, how fast it went, the kind of powers making, how the truck performed, how everything kind of came together for it? Uh, a little surprised. I, I, you know, always hoping for more. I'm sure everybody is. But knowing that we just barely got the truck together in time for UCC, I, I don't know if you saw the videos, but we did do a couple of test hits the week before UCC uh, and we blew the truck up like big i don't know if you saw the videos you can flash it if you want we're talking fireballs you couldn't even see the truck it was so big it was wow. an explosion nitrous backfire blew up all the intercooler piping exploded the intercooler blew up the motor blew the front clip off the truck shattered the windshield and blew the uh firewall off of the truck wow. and that was the thursday before we had to leave we had to leave on a monday and that was thursday so over the weekend, we rebuilt the motor, rebuilt the firewall, put a new windshield in it. Uh, Joey Herget, a local guy here that does great welding, he redid our whole turbo piping kit and got it running just long enough to drive it up on the trailer and drive to UCC. So, uh, of course, we were hoping for more, but we were just glad to be there. We actually did have a lot of problems. We were having converter issues and, and nitrous backfire issues, which we got worked out. And I, we did a 539, which is the fastest we've ever been. That I mean, that's really pushing it for power stroke guys, especially the 60 power stroke guys. So we were we were super excited. It's pretty cool because we were racing ODSS that weekend along with UCC and Austin Danny, who's another huge 60 power stroke guy. We were just neck and neck head to head you know he'd go faster and i'd go faster so it, it was it was a lot of fun it was pretty cool pushing the limits we hope to go way faster and we hope to do better but you know every tenth when you start getting that fast every little bit costs so much time effort energy put into it so it's been a lot of fun do you think on the on the power side there's still a lot more to gain there or with the truck, is it more about suspension, weight, weight distribution, maybe other things that are going to help you keep going a little bit faster, a little bit faster, you know, with, with the truck? Well, the, the main thing we run into is, uh, like you said, suspension, traction control, launching the truck, going straight, getting that 60 foot down. It sounds silly, but adding the power is often the easy part. I mean, more fuel, more nitrous. I mean, even a monkey could do that. And we're not blowing up a lot of engines. Uh, but we're trying to go uh, slow and easy, get the 60 foot down, get traction, 
go straight, be safe. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make 3000 horsepower like the Cummins guys, but adding more turbo, more nitrous, more injectors, uh, we are able to do that. And we're, we're just doing that little by little. Uh, I'm going to say the first time I went to UCC, I went out there and just put all the fuel, all the turbo, all the boost, all the nitrous and blew up right there in front of everyone. So, you know, now we little by little, every 10th at a time, turn the power up, do it safer, do it slower. So uh, the power should be there. Uh, like I said, not, not 3000 horsepower, but I think it's a 2000 horsepower power strokes right around the corner, you know, maybe running fours, maybe low fives. Uh, I think we're right there. Uh, just got to make sure you can stick it to the ground, have a good 60 foot and then, and then make it safe to the end of the track. It's been really, it's become a big thing for me recently. You know, you see a lot of guys, I think everyone starts out the same way, bragging about how unsafe they are, basically bragging about getting kicked out of tracks for having no safety or bragging about, Oh, look how fast I went. I don't have a cage or a parachute or a fire jacket or a helmet. And I used to feel the same way, but seeing a lot of stuff that's happened recently and, and getting more and more into racing, I think everybody starts going the way of, they want to be safe. They want to have fun. They want to get out there, but they want to be safe. They want to, they want to have the safety of the cages and the fire suits and the helmets and, and the jackets and everything. So that's the other thing is, you know, we want to go down the track. We want to go fast. We want everyone to be safe and make it home to their families. Yeah. That's been a really dynamic part of watching how far six liter power strokes have come on the power side, you know, from really just over the years to like where they're at now and how the safety part is not just factoring into power strokes, but any truck that's racing is they've gotten so fast, powerful that there's almost had to be uh, kind of a, a refocus on, you know, the whole safety procedure, the, the tracks, the, the preparation, the different things. So it's just, I think a testament to all the people in racing in the diesel community, how far they've pushed these trucks that safety is a, you know, a major concern, a major issue. And I, I, I appreciate seeing it too at events and races and stuff that, uh, you know, the precautions that are taken, you know, for, for the racers and the fans and everyone there. Being out here on the West coast, you know, most of the races we go to are on the East coast, but there's still stuff out here on the West coast and it's mostly quarter mile because there's not many diesel trucks and they find it weird when they ask me how fast I am in the quarter. And I tell them, I, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't race the quarter mile and they look at me weird. I don't think people realize what it's like to send a 4,500 pound brick down the track at, you know, 130, 140. Some of these guys going 150, 170 miles an hour. I mean, some of those guys, even in the eight to go that fast, thinking how fast they'd be in the quarter is just, just crazy. A lot of it comes down to the safety and, and stopping power, having something that heavy and having to slow down. Now, are there any other races that you plan on attending this year, or are you guys going to kind of step back and put together a plan for the race season in 2023? You know, there's a lot of races I wanted to go to. I had an accident and tore my ACL recently, just had surgery. I've actually been on crutches and wearing a knee brace. So I, Charlie, am probably out for the season. My mechanic, Tony, he's raced the truck a couple of times. He's uh, working to get his pro license and has a couple of races he still wants to go to. We're thinking about going to maybe Diesel Truck Wars. There's a couple of other local events we want to go to. So, yeah, we hope to, we're hoping to squeeze in a, a few more passes by the end of the year. We'd really love to see that four-second time slip, but that, we've got a long ways to go. So <laughs> we, we still hope to be out a few more times by the end of the year. Do you plan on any major changes for next year or kind of following that recipe you mentioned in the beginning of just making these small incremental changes to get it a little faster, a little faster, um, you know, maybe get down to 60 foot times or, or is it going to be a completely redesigned, you know, truck for next year? 
the chassis is going to stay the way it is. We, we had the chassis right where we want it. It was a great job. Uh, so that isn't going to change, but uh, we've got big plans for the engine. Uh, Jared at Kill Devil Diesel has got this monster motor he's building for us. We were hoping to have it ready earlier this year, but when you're doing R&D and development, it, sometimes it takes longer than normal, but we should have a full billet block from Warren Diesel Injection. Jared's going to be building it. Uh, he's going to make it much larger than a six liter. I don't know if we'll call it a six liter after that. He's not <laughs> sure a hundred percent yet, but he's talking maybe like a seven O liter. Uh, we want to do a bigger turbo, a little bit more nitrous. We've got some much bigger injectors coming from Warren diesel injection. So basically all new engine turbo uh, injector setup. The trans were planning to leave the same for right now. We're still running a four R 100. A lot of guys are going to the turbo 400. seems like that's the way all the big guys go, but we're just not willing to do that yet. So, probably still be rocking the 4R100, still be four-wheel drive, still the same chassis, but yeah, hoping for a bigger, better, better engine that we can just push 2,000 horsepower all day long is what we'd love to be able to do. At the power level that you're at and the times that you're running, do you find with the transmission setup that it's, well, I know racing and that kind of power, nothing's going to last forever, but have you found that it, it really helps you with your race team not having to rebuild a transmission after every race, you know, are there, are there things that you guys learned with it maybe through tuning or with hard parts that allows it to be as reliable as it can in this powerful of a truck? Uh, Chris at TSC does most of the tuning for us. I'm spoiled because he spent years running a four hour in his truck and he just has those things dialed in. <clears throat> I need to do small little tiny changes like mile per hour uh, for the shift points. But other than that, he's got the pressures just right. Uh, Warren Diesel built the original trans, but Justin Norpel with Dunra, uh, done right here in uh, transmissions done right here in Phoenix. He's rebuilt it a couple of times, but anytime he goes in there, he says no hard parts are broken. Clutches all look good. Everything's fine. The only issues we have had is with converters. And that's kind of my own fault. The six liter being such a small displacement really struggles to spool those bigger turbos. So when you're running a big single, it can be hard to get up on top of the turbo so we're constantly playing with converters, you know, trying to go looser, but then when you go loose, it doesn't launch right. When you go tight, I struggle to get it to light at the line. And sometimes we got a few nitrous backfires or, or we're trying so hard for so long, we burned up the converter a few times, but the guys down at GoRen, specifically Dave, who we've been working with, really been helping us out and getting us exactly what we need, dialing in the converter. So it's looser when we're spooling up, but still grabs hard when we're going down the track. But it's great not having to worry about transmission issues. I mean, the four hour that we've had in the truck has basically been bulletproof, no hard parts broken. That's awesome. Yeah. I know it's a, it's a very popular transmission, I think because of not necessarily the simplicity, but compared to other types of trans partially electronic or even fully electronic, they're just, they're, they're so proven and there's so many options for them that, uh, I mean, I've talked with guys that have Duramaxes with 4R100s behind them and, you know, tons of different yeah. things like that. So it's it's pretty cool to to see. And I always gravitate towards the transmission side. Of, I've always been really fascinated with them and and seeing how they hold up now versus, I'm sure you remember, if you had a thousand horsepower truck, you knew your transmission wasn't going to last very long. And now they're at 1,500, 1,800, 2,000, even higher. And they're able to hold this power really well. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's incredible, especially knowing like when the seven, we're running a 4R, which, you know, out of a 7.3 or a 5.4 or a V10, those weren't known as great transmissions back in the day. They, you know, 7.3 guys replace transmissions constantly. The way they came from the factory may be problematic, but the way they build them now, they've got so much experience in those specific transmissions, they really can build them bulletproof. I wanted to transition a little bit into into parts talk because anytime we've had you or, or Jason on uh, from KC Turbos, our Power Stroke following, they love hearing what you guys are doing. They love seeing the products that you guys have, turbos, tons of different things. And I've seen a lot of product releases you guys have had. So I wanted to see if you could tell us a bit about some of the new products you guys have released, maybe some that are coming up here pretty soon so that our Power Stroke listeners can you know, mark it down and, and, and look for the, you know, the product to release. We call you guys, ask questions. So what kind of new stuff have you guys been coming out with? Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming out. It's always just slow going. Uh, this you you want to meet the R and D team. It's uh it's right here. Um, <laughs> the, most of the products that are made, uh, they're ideas and designs that we come up with, and then I'm usually running them on one of my personal trucks, or one of the guys are running it on their personal trucks. So, I mean, not to say it's right or wrong, but some companies will go out, look through a couple of parts catalogs, pick a couple of sizes of the turbos, make them, and put them out. We do something a little different. I can use the 6.4 as an example. We just released our 6.4 turbos. People have been asking for years, but I bought my 6.4 about three years ago and spent about three years just learning everything about them from injector sizing, twin pumps, tuning, transmission, engine building, turbos, changing sizes little by little. I mean, we didn't want to just release the same thing that everyone else was releasing. We tried really hard not to do that. We wanted to do something different wanted to have you know spark a little bit of magic back in the product so we did what we could to build the best turbos that we can and that just takes time in a small operation like ours so the six four turbos we've been working on those for two or three years and now they're out people love them i mean we're, we're selling way more six four turbos than we ever thought we would which has been great uh we just revamped our six oh lineup and, and and people don't realize that the design we have now I, I just recently looked up a competitor said I, I copied his design he released recently and you know and I screenshot him and I said here's my drawing from three years ago where I first came up with these ideas and started testing these things don't happen overnight sometimes they take years of development and it, it, it typically pays off I mean we we release products people love them we already know they're going to work these aren't just experiments we're throwing out to the public where you know we picked a size and threw it on someone's truck and hope they provide good feedback most of the turbos that we build and we make they're they're ran here in-house on the dyno we're towing trailers up a hill to make sure that they're towing good we're testing durability and longevity right here in-house for often years before they get released to the public so when we do release the product we're usually very confident in it and very excited about it. So just recently, we revamped our 7.3 turbos. We updated the turbine wheel and compressor wheel to them. Uh, we just uh, revamped our 6.0 power stroke turbo. We call it our jet fire. It's an updated compressor wheel design, updated turbine wheel design, and there's some other changes to the veins and the compressor cover. Uh, we just released our new 6.4 turbos, which have been very popular. Last year, we released our 6.7 turbos. We call our Whistler turbos. We brag about how loud our turbos whistle and people just love it. Uh, so next year we hope to release what we did with our six liter turbos is kind of, I mean, there's always little changes, but big changes we released this year. And we're going to take those same changes we put in the six O turbos and we're hoping to have them in the six, seven turbos for next year. 
And then we're going as far as we've got a couple of Cummins turbos we're building now that are very popular. We can't rebuild the stock turbos fast enough on those Cummins. They're very problematic. So there's a big opportunity to rebuild those. Uh, We've got some Duramax turbos out there now that people are running. Um, We're even getting into some of the DIY parts like the S300 and S400 guys. and might even release our own designs for the S300 and S400 by next year. So we've got a lot of projects going on, a lot of fun stuff. It's just... It's just always really slow going. We we wish we could make stuff up and release it faster, but it just takes time. There's so many questions I have with the. I'm thinking of listeners and and the, the questions they ask me on YouTube or or Discord or email. And when it comes to the Power Stroke side, it's so much different than Cummins and Duramax as far as my perception of it, because there's these changes in engine. So you have like seven three six liter, six four six seven, and so it's almost like you're a power stroke fan, but then it can be broken down into the engine type. And people will ask me, Hey, well, is a six, four, a good motor. Can it be a good motor? Um, what's the potential for it? And when you mentioned getting one, you know, three years ago, I wanted to ask for your opinion. What do you think of, of the six, four, you know, as it sits and ways that you can, you know, either help it or upgrade it or uh, make it more reliable or, you know, just do just perform better than it does say as a hundred percent stock truck. I'll say I think the 6.4 is the best running diesel truck out there when it's running. Um, they tend to be problematic. They've got their history cracking pistons. The fuel system, some people joke, say they're made of glass because they tend to have problems. I mean, the 6.4 has got its downfalls. But, man, you just cannot beat the power and the towing abilities and the looks and everything of the 6.4. I mean – factory compounds. That's what most people dream of. You know, you put the ultimate turbo setup on anything. Cummins, Duramax, six liter. You know what everyone puts on there? Compounds, two turbos. Six four came from the factory with compounds. Came from the factory with common rail. You know, six O guys, they're great engines, but that common rail is a big step up. So when you get a six four, it's got common rail, compound from the factory. The great F250, F350 chassis. You know, everyone loves the Ford chassis. Uh, but the engine itself has some problems. There's a lot of updates have been made. If you head stud it, put the uh, upgrade, upgraded or updated pistons in it, uh, go through the fuel system, a little bit bigger turbo, a little bit bigger injectors. Those guys have pushed 900 horsepower, maybe even over 1,000 on drop-in turbos, very reliable, tow better than anything out there, spool faster than anything out there. The six fours, they're just incredible. But they got a real bad rap from some of the problems that they ran into. One of the first of the DPFs, one of the first of the common rail and the power stroke. You know, there was a lot to be learned. But you get a a 6.4 and build it up right, I I don't think anything else runs any better than that, honestly. I think they're one – I love driving my 6.4. They're so fun. They spool so fast. They tow incredibly well and make a 1,000 horsepower on a a drop-in set of compounds. That's just incredible. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the uh, the interest that people have in it, and that's why I love having you know guests like yourself on, where you have so much experience in all these different power stroke you know engines and and the way that they perform differently, and maybe the upgrades that one needs, the other one doesn't, and maybe some challenges uh, that you might have on the turbo side. When it comes to the six seven power stroke, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be familiar with that, like eleven to you know thirteen or fourteen kind of issue with the factory turbos. But do the later ones have issues as well, or, or what kind of improvements are you guys able to offer for somebody who's you know towing every day with their six seven? Um, it maybe has a few upgrades here and there, but it's really something they're working hard. EGT control is important, and being able to just have a little bit extra power. 
So there, there's drastically different turbos put on the early 6.7 versus the, the later. So the 11 to 14 has a completely different turbo than the 15 and newers. So the 11 to 14 was a tiny turbo. It was dual ball bearing. It was wastegated on the 250 and 350, not wastegated on the cabin chassis. A lot of technology here put into those turbos. And they were praised for how incredible the turbos were. And they blew up like crazy. They were very problematic, not reliable. People were replacing them all the time. And there's not very many, I'm going to call drop-in upgrades. In fact, there's none that I know of. Uh, they're basically just stock replacements that are eventually going to blow up again. So Ford in 2005 released a much more reliable design. In, in fact, they kind of went back to what the six liter guys are running or the Duramax guys are running. I mean, the same bearing kit you'd put in an 0360 turbo is what you use essentially to do like a 15 to 19 F250 turbo, which is basically the same bearing kit, like an 04 and a half, I think all the way up to the, the newer Duramaxes until the LP5. So it was tried and true, it was reliable. And they put that on the 15 and newers and basically fixed all the turbo problems. So what people started doing was called a, a retrofit kit. They take the newer style turbos off the 15 to 19 trucks and put them on the 11 to 14, which was bigger. It was more reliable. The only downside is it was a little laggy compared to that teeny tiny turbo, but uh, people tend to love them. So Ford actually has a kit called a Ford retrofit kit, extremely popular. Can't keep them on the shelf. Uh, supply chain issues on the Ford level. Uh, it's very hard to find them in stock reliably all the time. So we came out with our own kit called the Warlock kit. Similar to the retrofit kit, but takes about half the time to install. Same performance as the retrofit kit, same upgraded designs of the turbo, uh, all the benefits of the Ford kits, but we can keep them in stock. We've got our own steady supply chain on it. They're a little cheaper, a little easier to install, and you can still run the factory F-250 turbos from the 15 to 19 or one of our upgraded, what we call Whistler turbos. They're a little bigger. They sound really good and they make a little more power. So lots of great options for the uh, the Ford guys. But a lot of the R&D has been put into the 11 to 14 trucks because those turbos were just so problematic. And people, I mean, there's some people that's replaced the turbo five, six, seven times by yeah. 200,000 miles. So to have a nice, reliable design that makes more power and is upgradable. 11 to 14 turbos, nobody offers any upgrades for them. I think there's maybe a billet wheel that you can drop in there. But no one makes them bigger. No one makes them stronger. No one makes them better because they were very complicated turbos. Lots of technology put into them. Very cool. Not easy to rebuild. Not easy to fix. So the eleven, the fifteen and nineteen turbos are very easily upgradable. Same things the Duramax guys are doing or the six O Power Stroke guys are doing. You can apply to the newer turbos. So basically, you do a retrofit kit on the older trucks, and then you can run any of the newer, bigger, better designs for the fifteen and nineteen trucks. On the Cummins side, are you guys looking at both 5.9 and 6.7 or, fo or focusing more on the 6.7 Cummins for turbo upgrades? We started just with the 6.7 Cummins. Uh, they're VGT and very problematic. It's kind of where our forte is, is coming in to fix problems. We have upgrades planned for the older trucks. Some pretty cool stuff. Everyone's always wished a Cummins turbo could whistle like a 6-liter turbo, <laughs> and that could be in the works. Uh, we're hoping to have some uh, bolt-on options for the older truck and maybe even a standalone VGT controller to put like a 6.0 whistling VGT turbo on your older 5.9 Cummins that I think people would just love. We're still a little ways out on that, but we do have a lot of stuff in the works. 
on the on the Duramax side, is it kind of the same way that you look out there and see, <clears throat> you know, what's what's kind of available, maybe where there's um, see maybe their products or or improvements lacking, and then say, all right, we're going to jump in, let's take a look at um, LBZ or LML or LMMs or even L5Ps. How does it uh, how does it work, or how have you guys approached the Duramax side? I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of great options in the Duramax world. Uh, there's already turbo builders out there that have been doing a great job. The Duramax turbos are very upgradable. Uh, we have our own twists, our own tweaks that we've learned from the six liter. We focus a lot on quick spool up on a great towing. We're not always looking to push the most power of a drop-in turbo because we don't want to sacrifice the drivability or reliability. But we're adding our own little tweaks, our own little uh, flares on the technology to the Duramax turbos. And honestly, a lot of people just want to buy from us. They say they love doing business with us. They love the quality. They love the customer service they get, the tech help that they get. They like that the turbos are in stock and ready to ship. You know, a lot of people struggle with companies where they order turbos and guess what? Back ordered, no ETA. They take your money and the product doesn't ship. Or they get the product installed and there's no one to call and talk to for questions. Or they want recommendations on turbo sizing and what works best. So a lot of guys that just begged us, even though there's great products in the Duramax world, there's guys that have dealers that just begged us that, can you please, I just want to run your stuff on all my Duramax customers' truck. Can you come out with something? So we did. I'm not going to say our turbos are going to blow away the competition or be way better because the Duramax guys have put in a lot of time, effort, and energy making their turbos great. But we're doing our best to edge yourself in, to offer great products, and then offer everything that comes along with KC Turbos when you do buy a turbo from us. I have heard that so many times and seen it over the years where either truck owners or shop owners, they love working with you guys. And I would see them say, man, I wish they would build a Cummins turbo. I wish they do a Duramax turbo. I wish they would do this. And I think that's a testament to the focus and the way that you've built your company and the reputation that it has. And I know there's a, a certain part of our audience who are shop owners or even in a larger sense they're entrepreneurs or their business owners themselves so i always like to ask you guys a question or you know get some advice from you as far as building that kind of reputation that you have with kc turbos what would you tell somebody who's just starting out or, or relatively new in whatever industry they're in as a way to build that solid reputation with not just your dealers but then also the end users so that they can also have this relationship with you know their customers and in their market um, I'm going to tell how I got into business a little bit, just real quick. And maybe that'll help answer the question. But I mean, when I got into the business, it's because I needed a six liter turbo and the customer service wasn't there. The product wasn't there. I ordered a turbo. I had to send out my core. I had to wait two months for it to come back. And when I got on, it didn't look like the pictures were advertised. It didn't run like the picture were advertised. And I thought to myself, the, and the company ordered from was the best in the industry at the time. I mean, they were hailed as the best in the industry. And I told myself, this just can't be the option out there for guys. I, I want to order a turbo that's going to ship that day. And I want it to run like they advertise. And if I have problems, I want to be able to get someone either on email or on a phone call that's going to be able to walk me through the issues and fix it. And that has just been huge from us. Still this day, that's, I mean, we strive on having the best turbos. We strive on making the most power, spooling the fastest. That's what we strive for. But that's not what got us in the business. What got us in the business was customer service. Uh, answering tech calls, shipping out products when you say they're going to ship, having a reliable supply chain that people can order from you. It's a weird thing to say that if you can actually get the products out in this day and age, a lot of people 
love that. That's one of the biggest things they're looking for. They don't want to wait six, seven, eight months for one extra horsepower. They'd rather have something now, something that's reliable, something that's going to work good and something that they can get. So in everyone's own niche market, I, I say, look for what's missing. Well, don't go copy the guy next to you and just try to do it for cheaper because that's just a race to the bottom. There's someone else who's going to come up with that business plan real quick. Very easy to buy someone else's products, to copy it, and to make it for less. And, and that lowers the quality, lowers customer expectation. And I think that's what customers think they want. But I very rarely get praised for being the cheapest. I mostly get praised for being the best, the best customer service, the best tech help, the covering warranties that maybe other guys would just you know pawn off on oil contamination. I mean, bending over backwards to help those customers. And the word of mouth spreads. People talk. You know, we've gotten pretty big and sell a lot of turbos and every once in a while, you know, we'll have a couple of problems or have a problematic customer, but you will very rarely see a previous KC Turbo customer get online and say, yeah, I hate KC Turbos. They were horrible to do business with. I do not recommend them. You never see that because we'll bend over backwards to help do what we can. We try to work with our customers. And that's what I tell other people, your customer service, your tech help, the options you provide, how quickly you can get people in, how quickly you can get people out, it's going to outbeat that race to the bottom price war that a lot of people work towards. That's what I tell people is don't try to be the cheapest, is try to be the best and, and look for a hole in the market, some sort of niche that isn't being offered. Don't I, I call them pies. I know it sounds weird. Think of the, the diesel industry as a pie or the six liter turbo market as a pie. Instead of cutting that pie into smaller pieces where you're all fighting over more and more of that smaller piece of the pie, Go make a new pie, make a new product, create a new product line, create a new product that someone doesn't offer, a service that no one offers. Instead of looking at what other guys are doing and seeing how successful they are and see if you can just cut into their business and take a piece of it, offer a new pie, create new business lines, new business ventures, and then everybody wins. Instead of competing and being cutthroat and undercutting guys or trash talking other guys, go out and make your products better. Get your products in stock. Find a product that isn't being offered and be the guy that offers that product. I think that is huge. And I look at other, there's competitors out there that I look at and say, wow, that's impressive. That, that's a very cool product that they offer. And I'm often jealous of it. But I never look at guys that make a living trash talking their competitors, make a living undercutting their competitors. Those guys never, never become big. They never make it. They're always around. They're always maybe the cheapest or the crappiest product, or maybe they trash talk to get a sale here and there, but they never make it big. They, they never grow their business much because that's not the way, in my opinion, to, to build your business is the cutthroat, negativity, copying, and racing to the bottom. If we all compete, I mean, there's lots of businesses I could name that do a great job. And I look up to them and I've learned from them. A lot of other turbo builders and diesel shops, I know the owners, I could call them right up. They're willing to offer you advice. They're willing to help you out. They're willing to help you through a bind. And they're, they're very helpful. And those, those, that's the, the level of uh, competition that we need and we want in the diesel industry. And I was, when I was listening to your advice or something that I thought about was how much hard work it is to build that, that customer service, that, that reputation versus how easy it is to, you know, take a turbo and drop the price 200 bucks and, you know, just keep doing that to try to get a sale. And I think that's, that's really what, what came through there was it's hard work. And that's probably why a lot of people don't do it or they might quit or they might not even start because of how hard it is to build that reputation or to step back and look at the, the hole that's in the market or what may be lacking. And 
you know, coming up with the creativity and the plan and getting people on board and doing the R and D and then sourcing the materials and testing it and putting it out there. That's hard work. But I think that, uh, I mean, that's great advice for, for not just diesel or automotive, but really any sort of business or, or venture somebody might take is, you know, even though we have all this technology now and all these apps and things are so, so easy for us, it still takes hard work to be successful in really anything that we do. Yeah. And a lot of that doesn't get seen, you know, someone might have just heard of me now and think, Oh, wow, it must be nice, you know, to have that big company with all those employees and all those products. But man, 10 years ago, I was a working after hours, side job, nights and weekends, every penny that Casey Turbo's made went right back into Casey Turbo's. I worked out in my garage for years. I I had a, my desk was my kitchen table. My sales guy sat on my uh, living room couch and we had my garage retrofitted into a turbo shop. You know, and that I, I didn't take a salary for years reinvesting and backing the business, building the business. And, and once someone makes it big, as you call it, someone might look at him and say, wow, that must be nice. But I guarantee you, those guys are busting ass for years, nights, weekends, after hours, working with no pay and reinvesting back in the business. And, and it pays off, but it's, it's a long term goal. You know, it's like the tortoise and the hare. You can jump online, copy someone's products and undercut their pricing, get in the market quick, but that's not a great long-term business strategy. A lot of these guys that have done really well, they've invested hundreds, thousands of hours in whether you're a tuner or a turbo builder, an injector builder, anything you're building. A lot of those guys that have come out with cool stuff and made it big, they they worked their asses off for years to get there. And a lot of people just want to like slide right in and suddenly own a big shop with lots of employees and, you know, lots of products and and that's not typically the way that I see it happen. At least the guys I know that are super successful, they're not overnight successes. Yeah, that's 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 very true. And I think that's you know, something with the way you grew KC Turbos is you, know, you had to separate yourself from a marketplace and did it with you know customer service, attention to detail, helping people, wanting to offer the best product that you could. And taking that time and the struggles and you know, I'm sure there were times you sat there were like, can this hurry up? I, I want to get to the next stage. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be patient and everything, but I'm ready to go to the next stage is that builds character and wisdom and insight that I'm sure now, you know, when we do sit back and look at Casey turbos and go, wow, they've, you know, they made it. They're a leader in, in turbo technology and things they do with power strokes. You're able to take all those lessons and, probably look 10 steps ahead, 15 steps ahead. And, you know, we're thinking of things that, uh, you know, a competitor or somebody who didn't invest that time might not even think about that. They just don't have the experience or the tools to go. I think we need to do this with, um, you know, turbo technology or come out with this. It's, it's just so much experience and expertise that you learn along the way really helps. Yeah. Slow and steady wins the race, whether it's business or turbo tech. I've seen uh, competitors release turbo products and looked at them and knew they weren't going to work. I mean, sometimes you just know that stuff because you've already been there, done that. And maybe yeah. I had a similar idea and it didn't pan out. We didn't release it. Or, or slow and steady wins the race when you gain the knowledge or the wisdom of running a business or, or how to grow and how to do that stuff. So yeah, you're, you're definitely right. Well, I appreciate your time today chatting with us, Charlie. I love hearing about what you guys are doing with turbos, but then also your approach to the diesel community and the diesel industry and taking care of truck owners. It's very refreshing. And I think it inspires a lot of other companies out there to 
do the same thing, whether they build injectors or transmissions or whatever it is that they do. I know you guys are a leader in this and I appreciate your expertise, the advice that you gave us and tell us about some products, your race trucks, what you guys are working on. And I look forward to seeing the, uh, you know, truck hit the track next year. And then also, you know, these new products that you're rolling out. Yeah, we're very excited. Glad to be on the show. Appreciate you guys, the whole industry as a whole and the diesel guys are great. I'd say reach out to guys if you have questions. You, you say I'm one of the big guys, but, you know, I call the other guys to ask them questions all the time. You know, that learning from other people, seeing what other people are doing right, trying to mimic what they're doing right. That's, that's what we're trying to do. We appreciate being a part of the industry and being able to slice out a little pie to, you know, help out customers and grow the diesel market has been amazing. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code DIESEL20 for 20% off site-wide. They've got a bunch of different knives to meet really any goal you have. If it's something for EDC, you're hunting, fishing, the outdoors, at work, and to meet any budget that you have. So we appreciate our friends over there offering that for you guys. also want to give a shout-out to some of our Patreons, um, Tyler Lowen at 23Diesel, also Caleb, all of our other Patreons, all of you who subscribe on YouTube, pos- uh, podcast apps, our Discord, um, our Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all your support over the years the tremendous amount of uh like cool builds and things that you guys are willing to share with us we can have you on the podcast or or uh, suggestions for a guest we love hearing from you guys so make sure to reach out if you got an idea for a show a podcast you have a question um you can email us at info at the send us a message on instagram facebook comment on youtube there's tons of different ways until next time keep the shiny side up